You're listening to the OKC82 Podcast with Brady Trantham and Madison Morris. The best place for OKC Thunder basketball. A part of 1077 The Franchise Podcast Network. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the <laughs> OKC82 Podcast. We're, we're still rolling. We're going to just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I was it's, like, wait a minute, I've we got, sound I've awful. got the 11.30, almost midnight giggles going right now. You got the bugs. Yeah. Um, the Thunder's four-game homestand ends mercifully finally for us <laughs> we get to take a few days off in terms of not having to go to the arena for eight hours eight nine ten hours uh, but yeah let's get to like the basketball because who cares about our personal lives you know screw, no one. screw that anyway the thunder just destroy the clippers in the second half it, it was it was just an absolute thrashing in the in the third quarter, um, outscoring the Clippers thirty nine to ten. They ultimately win the game one twenty eight to one ten. Um, didn't really start off that way, Madison. It was by the way, I'm Brady Trantham. Madison Morris is actually um, talking. Hi. And on the show now, I'm like, here now. She uh, she feels better. I do. Yeah. Um, what did you think of that first half? Because it was pretty abysmal. Uh, first half was slow. The Thunder came out, and it kind of looked like it had. The first, mm, probably the first four games. I don't really want to count that fifth game, but the first four games, Thunder came out real slow, and um, yeah, it didn't look good. And I kind of just, I was really dreading this because I was watching it, thinking, "Man, we're gonna have to do this show. We're just gonna have to talk about how the Thunder blew another game." And like, I didn't really want to talk about how the Clippers were able to come onto our home court and totally destroy the Thunder. So. Yeah, um, but like you said, something must have been in that water at halftime because the Thunder came out firing in the third quarter and didn't let up in the fourth, and now we're here talking about this great win. So can it get any better than that? Yeah, I don't it, know about it's, that. It's definitely a great win for the Thunder because they were staring 1-5 and five going on a road back-to-back like straight in the eye. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, with the talent on this team, the expectations this team had going into the season, and of course everybody knew Russell Westbrook was going to miss one to two games. He ended up missing the two games on the California road trip to start the year. And everybody knows, of course, Andre Robertson's going to be out until December, January. When when will he be 100% after that? You know, no that's, one knows. That's, for any, that's anybody's guess. So this, team's, this team has some built-in uh, disadvantages going into the year. But having said that, 0-4 was not on anybody's radar going into it. Um, they finally get their first win against Phoenix on Sunday. And they get a little revenge game. You don't re- you don't really get to um, see a team that you blew a fourth quarter, <laughs> blew a fourth Not quarter lead in uh, just a, about a week later. You don't you don't get that many opportunities. Nice. Doc, Doc Rivers even said it in his pregame availability about how. Um, yeah, it's it's not really the best uh, the the best of, I guess the way the ball bounces for the Clippers that um, they come back um, in the first week of the season, come back and outscore the Thunder thirty seven to twelve in the fourth quarter, end up winning that game by sixteen in a game the Thunder controlled, and then have to turn around, go back on the road about a week and a half later to come go see them again, and even still. Wow, the Thunder were terrible in the first half. Um, it was a, it was a lot of the same things that this team is plagued by tr- defending without fouling. They cannot do it a lot of the times. And in the first half, they sent. I mean, in the first quarter, they sent. Um, or I think this was the first half. Let's see. Yeah, in the first half, they sent the Clippers to the line twenty four times. The Clippers hit nineteen of their foul shots. Um, first quarter, um, I think they sent them to the line about nine times. 
Um, overall, they uh, the Thunder fouled 18 times. Um, Alex Abrinas got in foul trouble um, really early in the second quarter. Uh, picked up his third foul around the nine-minute mark, I think. Uh, or, excuse me, the three-minute mark. So, late in the third quarter, excuse me. Um, which was really bad going into the ha- going into halftime because Abrinas was by far their best perimeter defender. He's all of a sudden turned into a defensive player of the year. Yeah. And all he's doing is just... He just realized how long his arms are. <laughs> he's got a lot of body. Now he's putting it to use. Good lot, for him. A lot of body. Um, yeah, like... My expectations were extremely, extremely low going into halftime. I mean, what would what, what, you think? So something I really did like in the first quarter, the Thunder did not take a single three-point shot attempt it, yeah, until I, about the two-minute mark when Patrick Patterson buries the only one of the first quarter. And I think a lot of people are just saying, yes, thank you. Like, yeah. this has not been the Thunder's forte so far this season. I know the season's extremely early still, but... The three-pointer has just not been very good for this team, and I think a lot of us watching them in the first quarter we were just like, please don't take that don't, don't take that shot, and they didn't. And I think that was pretty good, but they actually finished at 53% at the end of the game. And Adam Francisco, shout-out to Suave Ryder. He was saying in the locker room, I really don't want this team to get too arrogant on three because I think they finished, like, what, 9 of 17? Yeah, something them, around that. Yeah, we don't want to get too arrogant at the three-point because that really hasn't been working for the Thunder yet. I mean, the thing with a, with a three-point shot when it concerns this team is, um, and to your point, and I, I had this in all caps on, on my game notes, in that thank, uh, thank you for not shooting lights. Just thank you for not shooting three-pointers because with the way the team was shooting overall, um, I don't know if it would have done the Thunder um, any more help. Um, in fact, it probably would have shot them. It probably they probably would have shot themselves well out of the game, despite having a thirty-nine to ten uh, third quarter. I don't know if they would have even been in position to put themselves into possibly winning a game if they just started chucking up three pointers. To their credit, they didn't do that. Russell didn't do it. Um, Paul George didn't take a lot of shots. He he continued to struggle with foul, um, fouling, and it affected his um, offensive game. But to the Thunder's credit, they didn't force anything. They were just having a lot of trouble even getting their offense set and not turning the ball over in the first half. And mm-hmm. yeah, like you said, whatever happened at halftime, it worked because the Thunder were a different team. They mm-hmm. looked they looked like the team that um, played the first about two and a half, almost three quarters of play against the Suns the other night where they were forcing turnovers, creating havoc and passing lanes, hitting shots. Um, and, and even still, and I, I kind of talked to Billy about this after his um, post-game conference, post-conference, excuse me, press conference. Good God, it's late. <laughs> and I said it, I kind of mentioned it on the uh, previous episode about how if the Thunder are going to win games, as a fan, I would hope that you would hope for that they just don't shoot lights out from three because that's not sustainable. Like having a game where Russell was four of six from the three-point line, that's not you're not going to be able to depend on that later on in the year, game after game after game. Um, but to their credit, like I was saying, they Russell didn't shoot up a lot of shots, Paul George didn't shoot up a lot of shots, and they gave themselves at least some breathing room going into halftime. And when they were getting turnovers, when the defense was extremely energetic, forcing turnovers, they were getting easy buckets to transition. Mm-hmm. And that's what this team is. That's that's how this team will be successful is by being hyper-energetic on defense, forcing turnovers with their length and their athleticism, and just basically outrunning the defense 
when they get the ball and scoring mm-hmm. on easy layups and dunks. Yeah, something that I don't want to see Russ doing a lot of this year is chunking up those threes because I think a lot of people think that Russ is our go-to guy to make these shots and especially like vital times and clutch plays. But I think Russ is more of an in-the-paint shooter. And he, like something that I really noticed, especially tonight, is he's going to be clutch when he makes that drive into the basket. And he knows when he needs to take this game into his own hands. And... He's, he's been really good about that, and I think that's really starting to relay to people. Like, you know, I don't think Russ needs to be taking all these three-pointers. And like you said, he made he made a three-pointer straight out of halftime, and people were kind of like, oh, yeah, like, here we go. Russ is all fired up. And I think he had a lot of fire underneath the shoes today, but I think he definitely needs to stay more in the paint. That's more of his forte right there. Yeah, and Billy even said it in the, in the press conference where he thought, if it wasn't for Russell getting in the paint and scoring at the rim, the Thunder would have got blown out in the first quarter. Yeah, He kept the offense afloat. He kept the scoring afloat because, uh, like I said, Paul George struggled. Steven Adams continued to struggle until late when the Clippers were desperate and they had to put Danilo Gall- Gallinari at the five to try and shoot themselves back into the game. And Adams just kind of feasted on the mismatch mm-hmm. there um, <laughs> in the paint. But, um, yeah, Russell kept the team afloat. Gave them a chance to come back in the second half, which they did. Um, a little thing that I kind of, um, one of the bright spots, the few bright spots of the first half, um, beginning of the second quarter, Hamadou Diallo, who missed uh, the other night's game because he <laughs> was late to. He was a little late. Yeah, he was a little late to a walk, um, shoot around, walk, walk through, um, was inactive for the Suns, didn't play, um, was active tonight, started the second quarter. Um, after a few possessions, the Thunder's bench went on a 13-5 run, and it was mainly spearheaded by Hamadou Diallo and his energy. And that that energy is what – it didn't really bleed into the rest of the quarter because it went, once Abrinas got into foul trouble, once Diallo came off the floor and the starters went back out there, that's when the kind of the fouls started piling up. There were a lot of fouls in this in this game. There were um, personal fouls. There were flagrant – there was a flagrant There's one. A flagrant. Flagrant. Patrick Lots Bever- of yeah, Another Patrick Beverly, Russell Westbrook incident. Uh, yeah, Billy Donovan gets a technical foul in the first Early. two, three minutes of the game. Yeah. Um, Marcin Gortat picks up a technical. Yeah, there was just a lot of foul. It was really sloppy, pretty chippy in the first half. But that, that 13-5 run that the bench went on with Hamadou Diallo, I mean, that is – a strength of this team, and they're starting to find some rhythm. I mean, Nerlens Noel had the big game against the Suns, um, relegated back to the bench once Stephen Adams is able to go tonight. Um, Dennis Schroeder, we all know what he's capable of as a scorer um, on the fat in the open court on the fast break. Hamadou Diallo, his emergence as a rookie. This is going to be a strength of the team, and if mm-hmm. they're able to keep up, you know, like going on these thirteen five runs, these ten two runs, you know, in, in short bursts. This team's going to be successful once they start getting, you know, some wins under the belt under the belt because that is something the Thunder have not had a strong bench in the last few years, especially since it's mm-hmm. been the Russell Westbrook show. No, exactly. And I think Hami's really learning his role on this team, especially because he's had a couple of really good defensive looks and he was able to force a lot of tur- turnovers for the Clippers tonight, which was awesome. And uh yeah, I mean, he has a couple of shots where he makes a little bit of a what I would say a rookie mistake. There was I think one instance tonight Russ had forced a turnover, and Hami had this perfect opportunity to just drive it right into the basket, extending the thunder, and he kind of uh, made a little hesitation, and of course the Clippers were able to catch up, and you know, there's really just no hesitation in this in this game, and I don't, I don't know, I think a lot of the Thunder fans are seeing that he is learning, and he is growing, and he's really 
forming a better cohesiveness with this team as the season goes on. Honestly, I think, you know, the team's going to get to close to the end close to the end of the season and they're going to see Hami as a completely different player I know that I already have I know a lot of the media members have it's kind of a big talk among all of us so you know he just continues to grow and develop with every game and that's pretty notable right now yeah I mean this is this is Hamadou's opportunity right now because I mean it's still you know projecting few weeks months down the road once Andre Robertson comes back that's going to be another wing yeah. that's going to be another guard in the rotation that might just off of sheer numbers that might you know, just cut Hamadou's minutes in half, and, and it might keep him from the floor for a lot of games in, in spurts. Um, but having said that, Hamadou Hamadou is definitely forcing Billy Donovan's hand in that once Andre Robertson comes back, if this team is ever 100% healthy across the board, um, he's forcing Billy Donovan's hand to basically play him because you're gonna have you're gonna have Dre, you're gonna have Terrence Ferguson who. Um, in the second half, played exceptional defense. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to be looking for him to s- score, and that's what the impact that they're trying to look for. Um, but when he's playing with Paul George and Russell Westbrook, Stephen Adams, um, that's not really his role. He's the fourth option. Yeah, he's the fourth, and a lot of mainly the fifth option when Jeremy Grant had, he started again tonight. So with Jeremy Grant's the starter, he's he's the fifth option. Yeah, no, Jeremy Grant so, has been fantastic yeah, on offense so, lately. So from your fifth option, a guy who's um, Billy said this. He's not looking for shots, and even despite that, just maybe having a one anywhere from one to three shots a game. Despite that, he's still focused on the defensive end. That's all you really are going to be asking for for Ferguson, as long mm-hmm. as he's not getting into foul trouble. And when he does get those opportunities, they need to be they need to look good. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. No blow, no blowing layups, no blowing fast break layups, no uh, um, bad turnovers on fast breaks like you've seen a few times, but. He's at least starting to put together a few sh- stretches of good defensive quarters, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to pay dividends for him in the next two months um, until Andre comes back. If he's able to put, you know, keep this defensive momentum going, you're going to start seeing a little bit more shots falling, and then you're going to see a little bit more opportunities go his way. Yeah, no, absolutely. And kind of going back to Nerlens, you know, a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this has been a quiet night for Nerlens. He's really not." doing much yeah but you know the Thunder had Steven Adams back tonight and I think when Nerlens knows he has to step up and take that spot he's able to perform and he really proved that to the Thunder crowd on Sunday and you know with Steven Adams coming back yeah Steven Adams he's been a little slower on offense he's had some great looks had some he had some awesome dunks tonight that's always really exciting to see the big big man dunk but you know Nerlens he knows his role and I think he's 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 going to do some good things when he gets that chance and you know he he knows like when he needs to step up he's going to do it and he's proven himself to the Thunder crowd and I think they're really starting to like him and take kin to him. I asked so I asked this question to Russell who gave me a yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he just gave me a one word answer and tip Very simple. In his awesome awesome gang member outfit. He's a man of where, not many it, words. It, it was it was kind of funny like um I, who was it? I think Stephen Stephen Adams was in the um, against the whiteboard in in the scrum, and Russell was pretty much ready um, at his locker. So there were a few people that were kind of like waiting for him, so he didn't get to sneak out behind mm-hmm. the scrum for Stephen Adams. And the what, whole he does that, yeah, the yeah, what? He, yeah, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the whole time that we're all kind of waiting for Stephen to wrap up and then Russell to be ready. Um, He's put closing his locker, and he's got his outfit completely on. But instead of having having the bandana down at his neck, 
like he ended up having <laughs> um, in the scrum. He had the bandana up over his nose. <laughs> oh, <geez>. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was, we were like, it was funny. Eric Horn, um, uh, Maddie Lee, Bar- <laughs> Barry Trammell, like a lot of people were just kind of looking at it, going, "Is he going to do the scrum with the bandana?" <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I mean, he kind th- of. Did. <laughs> thankfully for us, he didn't, because I don't know if we'd be able to understand anything that he was going to say because he does talk like under his breath and kind of mumbles some answers and gives you one word answers like he did to me tonight um yeah but anyway back to my original (laughs) question so i asked i asked billy and russ this um the energy of the third quarter now holding a team to 10 points in a quarter that's not going to be sustainable but at least the energy and the defense leading to easy buckets is that sustainable and russ said yes and Billy yeah. kind of tiptoed around it saying, well, you're not going to hold teams at 10 points a game or a quarter, but um, the defense is sustainable. And this is what this is how I envision the Thunder as a team like that in the third quarter. Will they score 40 points a quarter doing that every time? No, but they're going to give themselves chances to get easy points, easy buckets, because in the half, this is the worst half-court offense in the league. You're not going to be looking for the Thunder to shoot I don't know, 50, 60% from the three-point line. That's not going to happen maybe once maybe once a blue moon, but you need to get easy buckets, and that's the way the Thunder can do it is exactly how they played in the third quarter. So I'm just curious, Madison, do you think now that they have a blueprint and now that they have like some evidence to prove that they can do this, do you see the Thunder do it, like basically coming out hyper-energetic on defense every night, or is this kind of just a flash in the pan? No, not every night. I don't want to call it a flash in the pan, but... I do kind I don't know. I think this team is a is a big it, they're a team that really feeds on how they performed the night before, a couple of nights before and kind of like how their season is going. I think that's really how they feed off of, you know, what's going to go into this night as they step onto a new court, as they step on into a new game with new opponents and you know, right now they have they have their groove going. They have a little bit more of a rhythm. They have more confidence, and you know that really showed in their performance tonight. And man, I, I don't know, but I'm hoping that this defense can really you know stay up to par where it is right now because it got a lot of the Thunder fans hyped up tonight. It got us hyped up tonight. You know, I think that I don't know. I re- I really think this Thunder team is. Re- going to have to focus a lot on their defense because now people are expecting that of them and I think they're expecting that of themselves as well and so you know that's what I personally would love to see the defense really take toll and to really come out firing because you know I think a lot of people really rely on the Thunder offense and the defense really needs to step up as well and show that they're capable of winning games and holding other teams to 10 point quarters and that's really what's gonna help them a lot. Six games into the season, the Thunder shot a season high from the field, uh, 51.5%, and they also shot a season high from three at 52.9%. So, um, yeah, I mean, if this team picks their, basically picks their shots and doesn't, they just don't jack up trash, you know, they do have, they do have talent that can hit some pretty efficient shots. I mean, Russell, if he takes one to three, if he takes any, like three, three pointers a game, I can live with that because he has shown the capability to knock some down. It's when the Thunder get down by 10 or 15 that he starts jacking them up, and all of a sudden you look up. He he has one three-pointer attempt. Then all of a sudden you look up, 
he has five or six, and that's when mm-hmm. you know that's five or six possessions that are lost unless Stephen Adams gets a rebound. So, um, yeah, it's highly efficient um, evening considering. Um, how slow and bogged down it was in the first half with the fouls and the Clippers getting to the foul line, extending their lead. The Thunder had really no momentum going into halftime at all, and they were able to come out and salvage a win that I thought they weren't going to be able to achieve. So, uh, two and four, or, yeah, two and four. Um, they've got Thursday and Friday night back to back with the Charlotte Hornets. Thursday Wizards on Friday. Um, if they come back from this um, road trip at five hundred, that'll be amazing and. Uh, Royce Young, uh, Brett Dawson, and I, we were kind of having this conversation before the press conference about how they need to win the Hornets game because with the way the Wizards train wreck is going right now, um, that second night of a back-to-back with the Wizards, you know, having their backs against the wall, that that kind of screams for like a Wizards win mm-hmm. where they kind of just put it all together for a night and everyone's happy. Brad, Bradley Beal and John Wall don't hate each other. Um, <laughs> no one's no one's asking about Otto Porter three point attempts after, in the locker room. So they need to get that Charlotte win. If they split it, success, and the Thunder can start building momentum as they get deeper into the season. And kind of the zero and four start might start getting a little bit further back in the uh, rearview mirror. But if they lose that first game and then lose the second game, uh, the problems are back again. Yeah, no, no, for sure. And Paul George said it best after they picked up that fourth loss in the locker room. He was saying. You know, we're gonna be okay. It's gonna be okay, guys. Like we we can do this. We got this. And yeah. I, I I think that's pretty yeah, accurate. Yeah, and you know what? I'll I'll admit it. I called that out. I called that just idea of we'll be okay. Mm-hmm. I called that out because that's what I heard last year from this from this team. And at least you know a lot of people want to kind of I don't know just trash the. Uh, I guess the points that the that the opponents ended up with 110 both for the Clippers and the Suns, but the Thunder overall played great defense in that Phoenix game, except for the final minutes in the fourth quarter. The Suns made the score look a little pretty, and um, outside of, of kind of a you know when the Clippers went small, and started hitting some three point shots, got to the foul line in the fourth quarter, they also made the score look a little pretty. Mm-hmm. Overall, the Thunder are starting to play some really sound defense, and it's giving me a little bit of hope going into the year, um, especially on this road trip that they can start looking like the team that we all thought that they could look like. But let's leave it there and get to questions so that we can get out of here. Do we so, have questions? We do. We do. And I, all right. you know, I, I'll do it. I will read. You will answer. Okay. okay. Bring it on. Okay. This comes from Marky Mark, um, not Mark Wahlberg. It's Oh, at, my gosh. Mark Wahlberg yeah. listens to us. Yeah. Former. Yeah. Um, at Mark M. Excuse me. At M. Haggard asks. <laughs> <laughs> I need to read these first. <laughs> did Presty <laughs> did Presty secretly fire Billy Donovan at halftime and replace replace him with a body double? Ha 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 ha! Not only would it be a body double, it'd be a body double with the exact same accent, the exact very s- northern. Yeah, I thought. I thought. Uh, I thought. <laughs> the, I thought in the for- first half that we uh, <laughs> uh, that w- it was a little choppy. Got to the foul line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with a no on that one. No, but. Um, you know, Billy is Billy has kind of been. He's always very cordial. He's a very, mm-hmm. very awesome guy to talk to. Um, yeah. he always gives you really thoughtful answers. Looks you in the eye. Um, really fun to talk to. Yeah. Um, but it seems like in recent days he's starting to feel not heat. I don't want to say heat, but I, I, these guys do not live in bubbles. They they yeah, they, they, they have social media. They yeah, read. Yeah. They they know what people are saying about yeah. them, and it just seems like there's a little bit of an edge to Billy. Like when he's doing the pregame availability, postgame availability, 
Um, and certainly, you know, as a coach, you don't, you never want your team to be super high after a win. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's like wanted to focus on, well, the fourth quarters have been bad. And mm-hmm. even though the Thunder have had like what, 18, 20 point leads going into the fourth quarter, yep. you're going to see a let up, especially when you let guys like TLC and Ab- Abdul Nader play, even though play a whopping two minutes. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, apparently the early season Oklahoma City, um, Thunder white flag. Abdul Nader and Timote Luau Cabarro, <laughs> or, or at least um, not the white flag in terms of they're going to lose, but the other team is going to lose. So, yeah, Billy was not fired. No, can't, Billy was not fired. Can confirm. No. Second question. This comes from Connor versus everybody. Hello, Connor and everybody. And the at is at Grand Padre ninety four. What's a guy got to do to work with y'all? Uh, not much. Have no social life. Yeah, have no social life. Get no sleep. Thrive mm-hmm. on maybe four hours a night. And if then, you like to talk sports and uh, bad talk, not on the air, but you know. You got to deal with Jerry Ramsey. Yeah, that's a big, that's a big <laughs> thing. Jerry, we know you're listening. I mean, he's awesome. He's great. He's a great person. He taught me everything I know. Mm-hmm. But. Yeah. Yeah, you just gotta love sports. You gotta love not sleeping, and you gotta love. Uh... You gotta love Twitter. Oh yeah, 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 that that's a good one right there. You gotta shout love out Twitter. to Twitter. We use Twitter a lot. Garrett Blakenship at Garrett Blank forty four ask why is Billy the way that he is? I think I scream. Take the starters out ninety five times in the last four minutes. Is it Billy's fault? Do I have PTSD or both? No, and. Okay, so Brady and I were talking about this. The other, I think it was you, Brady. If it's not, correct me, please. But I was, I'm everywhere. Uh, yeah, I was. Talk- I see Brady every day. <laughs> I was talking to Brady, and we were talking about how you know these guys trust Billy, and they really like Billy, and it's kind of vice versa. Like Russ trusts Billy, Paul trusts Billy, and they like they like each other a lot. I don't think they're just gonna you know yank each other out of the game. Um, you know, Billy knows what's best for this team. He knows what the Thunder need. He knows when each player needs to be on the court. You know, I think the Thunder fans need to start trusting him a little bit more because, you know, when, yeah, we might, like, I don't know, the Thunder might have a pretty notable lead at the time, but you don't want to just yank the starters out of there and then it get out of control and then put the starters back in and, like, maybe the starters can't do the job and finish it. I'm just throwing out reality there. I'm not trying to smack talk, but... I think Billy knows what's best for this team right now. Even even when the team was 0-4, I liked what Billy Donovan was doing. He was giving minutes, like, he, he understood, like, after the first game, game and a half, um, that Ferguson was definitely in a slump, and as a result, Hamadou Diallo got more minutes. His minutes gradually mm-hmm. increased with each game, and he, he deserved it. Donovan did not just have this blanket idea of, he's a rookie, I'm not going to play him. No, yeah. he understood Hamadou was better out there earlier on than Terrence, and since then, it's kind of evened out between the two of them. Um, he also understood that Patterson probably was better served to come off the bench. And since Grant yeah. has started, um, it's been vast improvements just throughout the team, uh, especially for Patrick Patterson, who had his second dunk of his Thunder career tonight on a, st- on a deflective pass, turned into a turnover, and just a half-court fast break for Patterson all that. alone. I, I know. It was like everybody knew it was going to happen. <laughs> and oh, it, I love it. I, I, you know, I don't. 
I'm not trying. I'm not sitting up there rooting for the Thunder or anything, but I was definitely rooting for Pat Patterson to put that ball down through the hoop because I was like, please don't miss this dunk. Please, please, please don't do it. Oh, I <laughs> loved it. He kind of took a couple of those little timid steps. To do, yeah. I think he was a little timid to do it. But also Brett Dawson from The Athletic tweeted out something that I just loved and had to retweet it. But he said the Thunder have been undefeated ever since Patrick Patterson exactly. dunked in a Thunder uniform. That's that's the uh, metric that you all need to be looking so for. So you got to root for Pat Patterson and his dunk. You got to. <laughs> Uh, all right, last question of the evening. Evening, it's at um, from at Cody McChicken underscore. Hello, McChicken. Cody McChicken, awesome. <laughs> For those who weren't in the arena, when when was the loudest the crowd got during the game? It was definitely sometime during the third quarter. Oh, definitely the third quarter, just because that's when the Thunder really pulled ahead. I tweet, and they I tweeted out some awesome stuff. I tweeted out at some point that it's loud. It felt like a playoff game atmosphere in that third yeah. quarter. I, I can't remember like the time, the time mark or anything, but there was one moment where I think the Thunder hit a three and they went back down on defense, forced a turnover, and um, somebody got the turnover. It might have been Abrinas, and he kicked it out to Russell at midcourt, and he just launched a pass in between two defenders to Jeremy Grant. And he was alone right under the rim mm-hmm. and just, you know, slammed it, down. slammed it down. And, you know, the crowd ignited before Grant even um, dunked the ball oh, because yeah. they, they just kind of knew, oh, here comes another bucket. And it was, I think the Clippers immediately called timeout afterwards. It was, it was pretty deafening. It got, it, like I said, it was like a playoff game. No, it was awesome. And that, I was kind of surprised it didn't really get that loud when um, Patrick Beverly and Russ had that little feud calling for the flagrant and a double oh, tag. Oh, boy. <laughs> it, was, it really wasn't that. I think people are a little confused what was going on because a timeout had already been called, and then all of a sudden you see uh, you see Patrick and Russ kind of going at it, and yeah. players pulling them off of each other, and everyone's kind of like, "Wait, what's going on?" <laughs> yeah, earlier on in the game, it was like it was really early in the game. Um, Russell gets around Patrick Beverly, does his little um, hesitation dribble where he gets really low with the ball. And um, kind of crouches down, but then once he got back up, Beverly was trying to guard, hover over him, and they kind of just bumped into each other. And Russell, mm-hmm. to you know, immediately knew who did it. Turned around and took a swing at. In luckily for him, missed Beverly. He didn't clinch his fist or anything, so he's not going to get a um, a fine. But he just kind of swatted, tried to swat at Beverly, and he missed. And uh, they kind of like Russell would get some buckets on Beverly. And he'd do the rock, rock the baby gesture, which he, oh, I love it. Which his quote in the locker room was kind of funny. Um, somebody asked him about it. I think it was Royce. It was Royce. Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, you got little kids. You rock the baby. You got to rock the baby to sleep. You got little. Gu- <laughs> you've got little guards on you. You got to rock them to sleep." <laughs> so of course he's talking about Patrick Beverly, who is much smaller than Russell. Oh, but man. Um, yeah, fast forward to the. Um, uh, fourth quarter th- around the six minute mark before you and I went back down or mm-hmm. went downstairs to the media room. Um, we almost missed it too. Yeah, we were just unplugging everything, getting everything ready, and then um, there was a loose ball. Russell ends up getting possession of it, and as he gets possession of it, um, Beverly dives for the ball, but also, you know, runs into yeah. runs into Russell Westbrook's knee and undercuts him. And yes, if that had been <laughs> Lou Williams. <laughs> I don't think there would have been anything no. wrong. But the problem is, is when you have a history with somebody, like you, you, you don't just ignore it. Yeah. I mean, Beverly is, it's not just going back to seven years or however long that was um, with the uh, um, MCL thing where Beverly runs into Russell in the in game two of the Western Conference first round and takes Russell out for the rest of the postseason that year. I mean, there's been a lot more chippiness mm-hmm. in between all that. So, so that happens. 
and there's just a stoppage in time. Russell's obviously pissed off. Um, the Thunder start walking towards their bench, but Russell kind of like hovers around the Clippers bench and just kind of <laughs> stares at Beverly. And then as he's walking back, um, that's when I put my head down to start loading everything up. And then all of a sudden I hear the crowd start going, oh, and then oh, I look yeah. down and they're like both teams are pretty much all in a scrum together around the scores table because I guess Russ and Beverly kind of got into it. Nothing happened. Nobody, no, no one's no. going to get suspended. I don't think this is I don't isn't, think any no, fist nobody, flew or anything nobody like crazy spit like in, that. Nobody spit in each other's faces. That's disgusting. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah no. it ended up with uh, double technicals on both Russ and Beverly. And then the refs, um, I guess, decided to look back at the play and they decided that that was a flagrant one on Patrick Beverly because of the, I guess, running into um, the ball handler's legs when he yeah. had possession of it, even though he was, quote-unquote, diving for the ball. Doc Rivers said as much. Yeah. <laughs> he thought the ball was still loose. Russell clearly had possession of it. And also, I'm That's sure a little malicious, I'm but... sure history was taken into account. Yikes, yeah. And I think someone asked Paul George about it, and Paul's answer was my favorite. He said, Russ doesn't like anybody. Like, Russ is not like anybody on the court. If you're not for us, we don't like you. I loved it. <laughs> it was awesome. Poor Paul. Poor Paul. <laughs> well, yeah, that, that I guess that's where we will uh, leave it off. The Thunder win 128-110 to 110 over the L.A. Clippers. They now are 2-4 and four on the year, and they will go on the road after tomorrow's practice. So they'll be, you know, in the air around 4 or 5 o'clock in the afternoon. Um, play the Hornets on Thursday. The Wizards on Friday before coming back um, over the weekend back to Oklahoma City to take on the New Orleans Pelicans on Monday night. So Anthony Davis will be in town. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Yeah, but um, I guess any final thoughts, Madison? Nope, not really, actually. It's a good game tonight. It was exciting. Alex Sabrina's Defensive Player of the Year, probably. (laughs) Just because of his... He just was like... He woke up the other day and was like, oh, my arms are super long. Yeah. I'm going to use those now. His his like wingspan, it kind of like grew a couple inches. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, he's pretty tall. Yeah, <laughs> good for you, Alex. Yes. Well, one twenty eight, one ten. Oklahoma City wins two and four. Everybody's happy. Billy Dobbin doesn't need to be, need to be fired, according to Twitter. Now everybody's happy. Oh. we're happy. We're happy that you've listened to the OKC eighties who podcast. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yes, thank you so much. Um, Keep commenting, keep subscribing, keep sharing it. Follow us uh, on Twitter. Yeah, follow us, follow Madison on Twitter. It's at Madison Morris. It's M A D Y S S O N. The Z is silent. Yes. M O R R I S. Guess where it is. Yes. And then I am at Brady Does Sports, but I all I do is tweet, 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 no matter what. So um, I'm sure you've probably seen me, even though even if you've muted me or blocked <laughs> me, which I don't blame you. I I, I just spend my day on Twitter. <laughs> but yeah, follow us, follow the show, share the show, help us out. We'll greatly appreciate it. All right. And yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that'll wrap it up. So for Miss Madison Morris, this is Brady Trantham, everybody. Good night.